podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to another episode of Post Conference Presser. I'm your normal host, ladies and gents, Dave Davis, coming to you from a cold and dark Edinburgh. However, the Reds themselves, they are in Toulouse. So at half past six on a Wednesday evening, Jurgen Klopp was taking questions as normal in his press conference. But before that, funnily enough, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, a bit of a surprise contender or a surprise senior player delegate, as they're officially called, under for rules. Queeve, young Queeve, Kelleher, the backup, but the number one for the Europa, it seems as well. So, yeah, he was the first one up asking a few questions and maybe understandable. He starts to go through the names and he starts to think he's want to give anything away of the team, etc. But... A nice, safe option. Someone we knew would definitely, definitely be playing. So some interesting questions asked of Queeve, but probably the just a couple I'll pick out. So he was asked specifically about his next steps and his mindset. And he was quite honest in this. He said, you know, I'm still back up at the moment. My ambition is to play as many games as I can like any other player. My long-term ambition is to be a number one and trying to do as well as I can getting cup games and trying to make the most of that and play well. It's always an interesting one with Queeve, isn't it, realistically? Because let's be honest, I think most of us expected him to depart Anfield this summer. I mean, his ambitions to be number one, Alisson. No one's displacing Alisson. The, the Brazil guy might have had an absolute madness and decided that for some bizarre reason, he prefers Edison, but no one in their sane right mind picks anyone over Allison. So I think we're surprised almost nothing happened this summer and nothing's going to happen in January either. But yeah, I get this question. It's just, it's, a, it's an interesting one with Queeb, isn't it? Something that will probably linger until something happens, shall we say. And then he was also asked, which kind of alludes to it, about you know a consistent run of games and how important is that? He said, yeah, it's really important for me building up match sharpness and getting a good run of games. It's good to me and my development. I want to continue my ambition to be a number one. I mean, the last part of that, no comment really. However, I do think a significant run of games would help Queeve. I mean, you think back to that Southampton that the last day of last season, he made a few howlers, didn't he? So that probably knocked down his transfer price. Even to lose, funnily enough, if everyone remembers when we played them at, at Anfield the other time out, I mean, Trent had to clear that one off the line, didn't he? From a shanked clearance, I think you could call it, a misplaced, whatever, but it was an error. And then even in the Toulouse goal, 
yeah, they, it just looked like uh, it wouldn't have definitely saved it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be too harsh here, but I just felt personally could be wrong, could have done a bit better. So, yeah, I understand why he was asked about that. But only a short few questions, and then the mag- manager comes on, doesn't he? The main man. So plenty to ask the manager. Plenty asked about young players. Plenty asked about those who weren't there because the earlier news that. You think who wasn't on the flight? Maybe the bigger news. No VVD, no Gravenberg, no Curtis Jones. So in a good way, asked about all three of those, completely right and understandable. So he said, Virgil, little bit ill, but not a big thing. Almost sounds like a cold, so he's left at home. He'll be ready for the weekend. Ryan's got a little niggle with his knee. No chance for this one, but maybe Brentford. Curtis had a hamstring issue, a minor one, and he should be back after the international break. He was in good shape, but obviously had the red card, and even when he was taken off of Ben's Bournemouth, at first he said he felt fine, but then something happened or he felt it in the dressing room. We went for a scan. It was very low grade, but we took him out. Some positives, maybe. I mean, there were the room were swirling weren't they but VVD fine always a positive the main man at the back one of the main men in the team so that's huge Gravenberg is great that it's minor as well especially if you seem to be running short of midfield options all of a sudden at the same time so there was again rumours swirling around that so positive it is minor definitely happy with that Curtis it's I don't just subscribe to this because I, I see it that Curtis all the new nabby the new chat blah 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 Curtis has been unlucky with a few things. Remember the uh, the eye when he got poked or was it, that knocked his eye or whatever it was at training. It seemed to last forever. The growing issues, just a, a few things that kept getting delayed. Yes, he's been out for long periods. I'm not going to argue with that. You cannot dispute that at all. However, if you look at the overall context, he has been a bit unlucky. But at the same time, I understand the argument. He does just pick up a few knocks. I think the problem is as well with that, well, not ridiculous by the letter of the law, but the Spurs red card, people look at that absence as well, wasn't it? But he was, you know, fit for that period. He did play the Europa games as well. So just always feels unfortunate with Curtis because for me, he is in our strongest lineup right now. I would put him in my first choice 11, but just unlucky maybe, so to speak, but we'll see what happens after the international break, eh? So that was the sort of injury update, as it were, because we've been told to basically stop asking about Thiago on badge. So the next question was asked about Luis Diaz. Understandable, because I'm sure we've all seen social media with different reports about his father released, not released, how close, guarantee, all those types of things. So the journalist kind of alluded to, is it better for him to, you know, be here, taking his mind off it type of thing, to be with the group? Jurgen Klopp, you know, straight out on this exactly no real news but there's positive sign but somehow it's not real news I mean yes we decided last week ago he decided last week he'd be part of the squad as he can't go to Colombia he's here and when he's in training and matches it's a safe place for him he's here he's available I mean what a man if you if you just get two seconds just have a quick scroll on Twitter for the uh, the Reds taking off and there he is smiling imagine that can see he's enjoying himself as, as best as possible, it's right to say, with the group. And all we can genuinely hope, stay, is that 
fingers crossed it works out with his father and we get positive news on that any day, any second, really, to be honest. So fingers and everything crossed for that. The next question Jurgen Klopp was asked, understandably, about the rotation of the team, because let's be honest, people, there's been almost a a, a spine, a backbone of a, a cup team and a league team. But a fair question asked by the journo that, you know, if you win this game, you've won the group. Makes the last two a dead rubber almost, you could say, doesn't it? So will that come into your thinking? Quite defiant this with Jürgen. Yeah, always the idea. If you look at our games when we played in Europe, we were really lively. We were more and more fluent and always a team that's really ready to go. We have a lot of games this season, so we could make the changes and we will make the changes. I don't know exactly, but you'll have to count. It'll be a strong team. That's all I'll need. And then we'll go for it. We don't put more emphasis on this competition or this. We just want to win football games and we want to give them that. Fresh legs with quality. Yeah, I think, it, I don't really know what else he's supposed to say. I get what the journalist alluded to and I think it's a very fair question. But what is he supposed to say? To be honest, it's a second-rate competition for me. I rank this above it. You know, maybe it's, he, he's got to be defiant. But also, I understand the logic that if you win this one, well, the last two, I wouldn't say completely irrelevant, but... There's no pressure on them, isn't it? If you want to do an experimentation, rotate fully, rest legs, that is there for him. And we'll come on to the lineup as normal because I do think you'll see significant changes. Then a few questions about the certain kids. So Ben Doak was first up about you know his injuries and missed games. Said, yeah, he's been really good. Ben showed up for us pre-season. Tan injuries, not cool. And it's cost his rhythm. Now he's back and he's fully training, so it is an option for tomorrow. We have to make changes, but with real quality. And Ben has obvious quality, so he's really helpful. I mean, I'm going to go a bit early on this one, but just to be clear, Mo Salah, the demigod, hasn't quite looked on it, shall we say, the last few games. And there was always that suspicion with the fact he played against Bournemouth surprisingly in the Carabao, wasn't it? And then played at the weekend. Did that sort of hinder him a little bit? I know there's the argument that well, he's doing it with Champions League midweek and the weekend and all that. But, you know, this is Mo Salah and I don't understand any reason to play him tomorrow. Ben Doak is more than good enough. It's a great opportunity. So I will be a bit disappointed if Ben Doak, I'm sure he will be, does not get that start. And then the final question about another top youngster, Jarrell Kwanzaa. And, you know, an interesting phrase from the journal. Have you been surprised by how he's done in the last few months? He was honest on this, Jürgen. Said, you've asked me before pre-season, I'm surprised. But since pre-season, I've seen him every day. I'm not surprised at all. He showed how good a player he is and how great he will be. It's great to have that boy from the academy with that potential and quality. He's really promising. He's doing extremely well. He's very good on the ball, aggressive in the challenges, with a lot of space for development. There was obviously talks about alone, and we said no. That's now looking a very good decision. I love this, so to speak, with Quanta. I agree with all of it, but there's just a note of caution, I think, for me just creeping in. The kid looks insane. I mean that. His talents look unreal, like Jürgen said. Calm on the ball, composed. At times, from what we've seen against 
Wolves especially, and Bournemouth in the Carabao the other week, almost invites defenders in. I mean, that that Wolves one where, you know, he's almost played intricately with Alisson at times when, the you know, Neto and people were pressing him, balls over the top. You look at Bournemouth, that Cruyff turned down the line. This kid really looks to have it all. And I get that. I'm excited. It's You know, we, we love seeing him. Here comes the massive note of caution for me. And I'm guilty of this. He's guilty of that mindset of, listen, lads, well, look how much we've saved, you know, over Colwell, Inacio and all that. Here's the other side to it. He's still a bit unproven. He doesn't have that much experience. We're talking about a player with less than 25 senior games under his belt. And when you set that bar and start using those statements, as soon as it doesn't go wrong, and by the way, oh, sorry, it goes wrong. And by the way, there will be times soon where it does go wrong or doesn't go perfectly. It can be used as a stick to beat him with in simple terms. That's important to remember. The definition of a player that is going to make a mistake in football is an under-21 centre-back. They're learning their trade. He's learning the game still. Yes, he's got this quality, composure, but he's still developing and learning. We've got to make sure we give him that safety net. You know, if it does go wrong, we've got to make sure he's not, you know, beaten from pillar to post, that type of thing. You've got to back this kid. I am excited about him. I don't put him in that type of Cometio, Reese Willis, all all those type of players who, you know, Sean, but like, this kid is different for me. But even as I'm saying it, I totally understand the hypocrisy. You could be shouting at me, but we just need to be measured with this kid. But exciting, eh? And I don't really want to do this bit, but you've got to rewind to the weekend, as we normally do, talk about the clues from the Luton game. Even now, there's a bit of me angered, but the 1-1 draw, Luis Diaz gets the the very, very late equaliser. And maybe, as you know, I love that bit, written in the stars. That was amazing, wasn't it, what happened? And you felt for Lucho, didn't you? But on the other side, the dross issues away from home, those promoted teams, the issues about, you know, the low block, all those types of things, the issues, more than anything, just the pure wastefulness. Again, that was my honest thoughts. I mean, so many chances. I mean, the XG over three and a half. There's under one. The chances missed by Jota. The chances missed by Salah. The chances missed by Darwin. The horrendous one, as we know, from practically an open net. As much as we praised him recently, it's right to do. Praise got to be as loud as the criticism in that sense. So it, not good at all from Darwin. Felt like the old Darwin, but also felt not just to single him out. A lot of the big boys didn't turn up, did they? Canate was good. Van Dijk was good. But if you look at like Sir Bosley's worst game, now that's a, was a high standard he set, don't get me wrong, but didn't play well. McAllister, a lot of debate on this I've seen on Twitter today, but didn't play well. I didn't think he particularly played well. Gave the ball away a lot from me. I know when people talk about his defensive numbers, and I understand all those arguments, but not great from him. Gravenberg, I thought, got pass marks. The entire forward line, though, if I'm being honest, the starting forward line, Jota, Salah, Nunes, all three should be leaving that disappointed with their performance. I think we have to be honest about that. 
Diaz comes on, obviously he's a hero. Harvey Elliott, special mention to him as well, because, you know, he, he will start in this for me. And we, we know he starts in the cup games, but, you know, really special mention for him for the uh, assist and how he helped us that way as well. Gat Pogue had a good chance, kind of a weird one, just slightly behind him, wasn't it? But the ultimate term from that was wastefulness. And normally we talk about players who play their way in or out. Almost one played the way in because he's got the five yellow cards. Alexis McAllister is going to start this. It would be absolutely bobbins not to, especially with no Grav, no Curtis. So McAllister's going to start. Simple as that. For me, playing the way in and out, I just wonder if it's going to be at the back of Jürgen's mind now. I'll rest Mo Salah. I'll rest Zabozlai. I want to say rest as in not starting. They might get half an hour or something like that, tune up as they've done. But I just think that'll be in his mindset as well. You know, it didn't really work, did it? I know people say first mention before, back to back, they should be used to it. But Thursday, Sunday still feels to me a slightly different beast. And I think he'll just look at that and, you know, lean that way. But we will come on to lineup, score, scorers, and all that type of thing. But before that, an interesting team to lose. Easily, easily the best away fans at Anfield. They were absolutely superb, weren't they, in that stadium? Even in a 5-1 defeat. Listen, they had a right go. They had a right go. And, you know, it could have well been a high-scoring game under different circumstances if Trent doesn't clear that one off the line. They'll also be looking at their own situation. I mean, they're third in the group. They're level on four points with Union SG, but Union SG is second on goal difference. They'll come for us, I fancy. You saw that. They came for us at Anfield. They had a right go at times. They will push hard. And when they pressurised us, actually, there was times we were a bit under the cosh. I know the scoreline doesn't say that, but doesn't tell the full story. It'd be easy just to look and go, these are 14th in their league. They're only one point above relegation. You'd say they're only scored 12 goals in 11 games in their league. You know, they, these aren't very good. But give them credit for what they did at Anfield. And if you look at their threats, Dallinger, I mean, it was a good goal that he scored against us. You can say, you know, composed finish into the bottom corner. Got the, a couple of tricky wingers at the same time. But Dallinger for me, I mean, that boy scored three goals this season. They haven't got many, I know, like 12 here in all competitions type of thing. But let's just not dismiss that threat. And by the way, anyone's thinking, you know, laughing at that, look how many people on Twitter and everything dismissed the threat of Luton. Just remind us how that played out, lads, eh? So, yeah, let's hopefully the rotated team is sharp from the get-go. And that leads up to the lineup. Now, this is tough in different ways because we're short of bodies I would think would have started for obvious reasons. There's a few Luton curveballs. You're thinking of Brentford. So I'm not stating this with the real modicum of confidence. I do not want to lie to you at all with this, but let's talk through it. Let's run through it now. So for me, Queen's in nets, Gomez right back, Matip, Kwanzaa and Simicast complete the back line. I think McAllister and Endo will play almost a double pivot. I think Harvey Elliott will be in almost the, a 10. I think Doak on the right. Luis Diaz on the left. And Cody Gakpo up top. Almost, it wouldn't surprise me if it lines up as a 4-2-3-1. Could be wildly wrong, as I said. 
You might be thinking I'm talking bobbins. Just I get a hankering for it. Simple as that. I think you'll also see the subs at certain points. I think you'll see Trent. I think, you know, to, to warm up for the weekend. I think you'll see same with Zabozlai. Same with Salah. Nunes will get a run out. I think you'll see a lot just get those minutes put it that way. Other than that, you know, there may be, the, you know, the Costas, the Gomez situation, I guess. Don't be surprised if Luke Chambers maybe comes on for one. I, I, I could be wrong, but I just get a feeling it's kind of alluding to and jumping the gun, but Brentford, Christ, if you're not going to play Costas at home in that one, that's maybe a different discussion, but I think Luke Chambers would be a, a sub-option as well, who deserves his opportunity. So the final thing that leads me to guess is score and scorers. With this one, I'm going to go a 3-1 victory. I'll be surprised if one of them's late. And I believe, to keep his run going a little bit, the first goal scorer will be Cody Gakpo. That would be the one for me, I think. Yeah, Cody Gakpo, a 3-1 victory. Listen, with everything that's going on at the moment and the knocks and different bits, listen, the news wasn't too bad, as Jürgen said, but Jürgen's told us it's not too bad in the press conference. And then just remind yourselves over Badge, Thiago and others. So let's hope no Reds, no injuries, and Liverpool are coming back from Toulouse with a win. And ladies and gents, that is another post-conference presser. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.